0: Welcome to The Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time for about a half hour. And it's an opportunity to take the knowledge and everything that we gain through doing pet loss support groups, through facilitating pet loss support groups for many, many years, 30 plus years in Nancy's case, and building upon 12 or 13 years in <laughs> my my case. And we took we took all the information we gathered for a long time we compiled it into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, healing advice from family therapists who lead pet loss groups and there's a link to that book in the description below, but this new this medium gives us the opportunity to go farther and reach farther and to have a conversation with you and with lots of people who are, who are probably going through a very hard time. And we do want to have a conversation with you. And so we invite you to send us your own stories, to send us recommendations for guests, to send us recommendations for topics. And if you send us an email, we will respond to it. One or both of us will respond to it. And if you are If it's acceptable to you, we will very likely read your story or share it on the program because Mm -hmm. we know that doing so is very helpful to many people. It it really helps Mm -hmm. others to hear what you've gone through because undoubtedly it will will resonate Mm -hmm. very strongly with some of the audience members. So let us know if you send us an, an email whether it's okay to share your story with others. And as I said, it's okay. Absolutely. Okay. If you prefer that we didn't. Right. So you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. That's K E N D D V at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez at C S M P C.com. That is N S A X. T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at CSMPC.com. You can support our work through a number of avenues. You can give us a gift through Venmo or PayPal. You can do a monthly subscription. All of the above ways of doing uh, providing some financial support are in the description. We always say this as an invitation, not an expectation. (laughs) It's okay if you don't. We're really grateful if you do. But we do this because we think we know that it's helpful to people, and that's the primary reason we do it. Although it doesn't hurt, of course, to have some financial support. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Mass. You can learn more about Dakin at d a k i n h u m a n e dot org. And one of the great things that Daken does, and they do very many, they're they're a shelter, and they do lots of programs to try to help us with the Human-Animal Bond in a number of different Mm -hmm. ways, but one of the things that they do is they sponsor a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate once a month. It's generally on the second Tuesday of the month and runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You will find an RSVP linked in the program description and it's cost-free and anybody can join from anywhere in the world and i mean anywhere in the world we've had people from all across the u.s and from other continents across the world the next meeting will be on tuesday the 14th so it's actually on valentine's day so feel free to join us we we always have a very lively and heartfelt mutually supportive conversation we had the we had this month's program just a couple of days ago please consider subscribing to so our sad. program on youtube there's a link to the youtube channel if you're not watching this on youtube if you're watching on one of the one of the podcast outlets if you will do us the favor of subscribing that would be really helpful because mm-hmm. as you probably know it puts the program at a higher place on the list of resources that are available to people when they look for pat loss on YouTube. So it, it affects the algorithm in a way that raises the standing of this program. So if you find this program useful, please consider subscribing on YouTube because it'll help the program get before other people who are likely going to find some benefit in it as well. So we'll stop there and Nancy will get us started with this evening's discussion.
1: Yeah, we have we have a very heartbreaking story. And, you know, this is um, from Susan. And it has to do with the tragic death of um, the family um, dog. And sometimes we have run into that in the groups we've done for a long time or people that we've worked with, that there is an accident that happens. And it could be a family member that's involved or a friend that's involved or, you know, somebody close to, you know, the family that has the companion animal. Um, Like one time it was one of the dog sitters, right, that there was an accident. And so I'm going to read the story. It is hard. Um, And then we're going to discuss it because, unfortunately, these, these tragedies do happen. So, Susan starts with, your podcast was suggested to me after I recently lost my 14-and-a-half-year-old dog in a tragic way. The loss has been particularly difficult because, in my opinion, my husband is responsible for my dog's death. It's been nine days, and I'm still angry at him. I'm not sure I can ever fully forgive him. I'm hoping you can help me look at the situation from a different angle. We moved into a new home in May, 2021. At that time, both me and my husband were full-time telecommuting due to the pandemic. The new home has a pool in the backyard. My husband talked me out of putting up a fence around the pool, stating it was really unnecessary. My concern was that my then 12-year-old dog with poor vision would fall into the pool and drown. My husband blew this off as catastrophic thinking And I'm an anxious person and vigilant with safety. I dropped the idea of putting the fence up because I was working from home and my dog only ever went outside um, to go potty and drink from a bucket of water. Since I was working from home, I could watch him do his business and then let him back inside. This worked for, you know, a year and a half. During that time, he never fell in the pool. Recently, I started going into the office once a week. My husband still telecommuted full-time. On December 21st, when I went to the office, my husband called me at work around 3. He told me he had some bad news to share. My dog had died. He drowned in the pool. When asked how this happened, he told me he let the dog out to do his business and went upstairs to take a shower. When he came back down, the dog was not waiting at the door to be let back in. My husband went outside, and that's when he made the discovery. My husband knew I I was concerned about the dog falling in the pool. In addition, he knew the dog was nearly blind. Even so, he carelessly went upstairs to take a shower, essentially forgetting about the dog. This was a preventable death. I am familiar with the various stages of grief. I never went through denial, but I went straight to anger where I remain. Of course, I also feel intense sadness for my dog and the manner in which he died. Drowning in the pool, in the cold, I'm just so mad. Mad because I feel my husband didn't care about my feelings or the safety of my dog, and mad because I knew my husband wasn't as vigilant as, as me, yet I didn't take any steps to ensure my dog's safety around the pool during my absences when I couldn't be watching him. My rationale for not taking any additional safety precautions is that everything worked fine up until now. However, I didn't anticipate my husband would leave my dog outside for a half an hour or longer. I haven't spoken to my husband about my feelings as I believe I would erupt in anger. He never loved the dog the way I did, and so he's not taking the loss as hard as I am. He gave me a hug when I got home from work that day and said he was sorry. I lashed out at him later that night, bringing up that I thought I was irrational for thinking the dog would drown in the pool, I quickly dropped it and did not engage, acknowledging it didn't matter. My dog was gone. I'm still barely speaking or looking at him. I'm trying to take solace knowing my dog had a long, happy life and that he likely was not going to be around much longer due to ailing health. His Cushing's disease was worsening. He was vomiting two or three times a week for unknown reasons, etc. I should also mention that due to his Cushing's, Cushing's, his need to go out to drink and go potty was almost incessant at times. I'm sure he let him. I let him out about fifteen times a day. Nonetheless, I love my dog very, very much, and this was so unnecessary. I don't know if I can fully forgive my husband. Your insight is appreciated.
0: So we wanted to highlight this story because it is such a such an unfortunate but mm-hmm. common experience that people have they have some kind of responsibility let's say for the circumstances that resulted in their in their pet's death. Mm-hmm. And and so here we have a person who says that she's trying to move past anger. We really want to thank Susan. Susan, so really for, for you, yeah, for this for is a
1: hard, hard and thing her husband, because about. they both had yes.
0: to of let course us share the story, so we so appreciate- I'm sure her, he's, their, he's
1: grieving their, too.
0: Their yeah. vulnerability, and we, we got back to Susan, both yeah. Nancy and I, and we, we, we gave her some comments, one of which is that for two and a half years, this dog who was losing his vision, had never once fallen in the pool. Right. And so it would be common for people who had this dog to think, well, they're navigating around the pool, right? Right. And he, and he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going. He's he, he hasn't had this accident. At the same time, it doesn't ex, it doesn't excuse not watching, but at the same right. time, it makes sense that you would begin to feel like this, you know, he's, he's got it down somehow. He's, he's figured this out because animals do. I mean, they figure out sometimes what, what obstacles they need to avoid. The other, the other thing that struck me, and this is something that I notice when I take my own dogs out and they have an area to run and pretty substantial area to run that's fenced. And, you know, I'm with them when they go out to use the bathroom and, and, but I'm not watching them every second. Of
1: course, like you we don't keep,
0: usually you can't keep your eyes on them every right. second. Like sometimes, I might be looking at my phone, checking an email, or I might be paying a little bit of attention to the chickens who are making a noise, and the the chicken coop is right near where they run. You know, I just might be in 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 my thoughts, and so I'm imagining if you are trying to watch for years this dog go out and walk around and do his business. You're gonna, you're. There're gonna be moments where you just don't, you, you can't. You don't
1: pay any. You, you you miss. You miss looking at them. You're doing something else, or you're, or you're thinking about something else.
0: And also, in during the workday, it's hard if you're working from home. And you have to do something like this and you have to, you know, you have to do the basics like take a shower and make lunch and breakfast and all of that. And you have to let the dog out.
1: And in this case, right, he needed to be let out quite a few times a day.
0: That's another point Right, he had because he wasn't, he wasn't entirely well. He had to go out a lot as (laughs) elder dogs often do. And so what we recommended was that, they just open a conversation about
1: it. yeah they needed they to have talk a discussion about it,
0: about it. Mm-hmm. and that they were we thought that they were probably both avoiding this because it's so it hurts
1: painful it's
0: painful yeah and, and i
1: can't imagine that he wasn't feeling guilty about
0: what happened you know and and it's interesting because of co- you know we, what we learned was and one of the things that i was i was trying to be very very careful My response, and I said, you know, this is the kind of thing that, depending on how things are between the two of you, you may want to open this in the company of a therapist, right? So that you have like a holding environment for Mm. the conversation. But it sounds like it sounds like Susan took our input. It was very similar the input Mm -hmm. that we gave, and she said that her her feelings shifted pretty quickly. And she did have a conversation with her husband and he responded in exactly the way you might anticipate in that he was very sad and he felt very badly about this. And they just needed to be with each other in their in their grief. Right. Right. That's right. And And I
1: think what happened is because, you know, in this kind of case, someone could get extremely angry immediately. Right. Of course, because the thought was, well, you know that person should have been watching, right? I mean, this is what we've had a conversation for. With. So it took a little bit of time then for, in this case, Susan, it could have been any partner or any person in the family to kind of step back and say, you know, look, I need to, I we need to have a discussion about this because I know that in this case, and it could be in others, the husband in this case was very, felt very badly about that. He didn't, he, he felt that he could have easily felt that I caused this dog's death. Yeah. And yeah. so, and he didn't know what to do with that, right? Everybody yeah. grieves differently. So yeah. he he stepped back and just held it, even though he did hug her when when Susan got home. But, you know, so it 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 pulls up so many different types of feelings and
0: these kind of tragedies. Right. Yeah, and and one of the things that she said too, I mean, very honest, very forthright, and she said, you know, I understood that part of this was my own was my own guilt that I was protecting myself from my own feelings of guilt for not putting up a fence or for not paying exactly
1: or knowing right that I needed to do something or make sure that I, even if I was when I wasn't there that right. that the dog would be protected.
0: And, and so it's just, it was just such a, it was such a, a heartfelt and detailed and useful account of the kinds of things that sometimes go wrong Mm -hmm. and, and what they can do to us, what they can do to relationships and how important it is to do what Susan and her husband did, which is they reconnected and they talked about it and they held each other. And they probably are having more conversations about this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we do the best we can. One of, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that accidents happen. And they're
1: horrible and they're painful and they're, they're just so tragic. But they do happen. And yeah. we've heard many of these,
0: right? Oh, I mean, so, you know, I think we shared some of them with yeah. Susan. I, I told her that there was, there was um, my son had a kitten who he loved, loved dearly. And her name was Willie. And Willie got somehow into the 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 crawl space between two floors. And unbeknownst to us, got a hold of some kind of poison that had been there from a previous oh. owner. So they put it somebody had put like rat poison or mouse poison. And Willie came down and was was dying. And we yeah. had no idea what was going on. The but rat we, poison it, is,
1: is brutal. Yeah. So brutal. there was thing.
0: an there was an ecropsy and it was my son was very young at the time. Mm-hmm. It was very, very. It was painful for all of us, and we felt very responsible The adults, his mom and I, felt very responsible because, you know, we didn't we didn't know we needed to protect her from that, and so. But yet, of course, you, you, you know, we're going to feel guilty. We've heard I've heard stories about little and again shared shared a whole bunch of these with with Susan that th- there was a little dog who his his guardian had put his lead on the on the, the foot of a couch and then had left the room for a time came back and the dog had leapt over the couch and, and hanged straddled. itself mm-hmm. and, I mean who would guess that such a thing would happen
1: well, I mean, at the group, you know, there was a, a young woman who came, and this is many years ago, and she was involved with a young man. And when she went to work, he was working from home, I guess, and she would bring her dog over to him with his dog, right? He had a dog too. And so, you know, they were playing, right? They liked to play and run around together, which was always the case, right? What had happened?
0: was my and dog. One
1: morning... What was that?
0: My dogs do all the time.
1: All the time, right? So he was making tea and he was boiling water. Oh,
0: boy. Yeah, I know this.
1: And the dogs were running. And one of the dogs, you know, plowed into him and he doused her dog with boiling water. Wow. He doesn't mean to. It was a tragic act. The dog did die. And so she was coming to the group to kind of work through this. She was still with the young man that she had, you know that they mm-hmm. were boyfriend girlfriend but and he felt horrific, but he there was nothing that he could have done differently right it, it was a tragic accident
0: yeah yeah and and well i'll I'll interject that we have hi from Margaret from Scotland again, so nice mm-hmm. to have Margaret with us and Margaret. <laughs> And uh, we're getting some hearts and and thumbs up, so I'm glad the conversation is striking some people. Yeah, know, I, I
1: mean, but, and that's unfortunately, the, uh, that's the that's the pain, you know, right? That um, something could have, if, if this accident hadn't happened, obviously the their their animal, their cat, their dog, their wh- whatever animal they have would be living, you know. And then there's somebody that's kind of. You want to, what happens for us is we want to blame somebody, right? Because it's so painful and horrible. But then, you know, it, it is just an accident. sometimes. And, it happens. and
0: oh boy, the thing, you know, we've had people who we, we had a young couple once, as you'll probably recall, who were fond of taking their dog hiking mm-hmm. and they would let their dog off the leash when they were hiking. And they would, they'd done this a lot. They'd done it many times. And their dog got hit by a train. Yes, I remember this couple. And, and yeah. they both came to the meeting, and they were yeah. you know, they were they were appropriately very distressed, and they talked about how they had how they had worked through that. I mean, they were they were very emotionally intelligent, I would say, young couple. And but what a horror! I mean, what a horror! They to were.
1: actually witness that, also. Yeah, so.
0: to witness it, all and right. then you know they talked about how they went about trying to memorialize. And I mean, I won't go into the details, but it was really unpleasant what they, what they did to try to, to um, really to collect their dog's body Mm -hmm. and then bury it. And that takes a lot of, a lot of mutual understanding and, you know, mutual Mm -hmm. forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, we've had people who are walking their dog and the dog steps out of, uh, uh, off the curb. car, Yeah yeah and- you know or people
1: inadvertently run over their animal. They don't yeah. know that the animal's in the driveway yeah um or you know what- looking you know being around with family, having pizza and giving the dog a piece of crust and chokes to death so i mean it's it's helping those people understand which we're trying to help Susan with and did, I I, I believe, that it, accidents just happen, and they're horrific and horrible, but that doesn't take away the relationship that they had up to that time and the love and caring and and the connection that they had and to try to come together with those, the family members, like in this case.
0: That's, know, the, that's the point that's so important is you've got yeah. to, reconnect. Yeah. No matter how you're feeling about it. Cause as you said, it's a very important point that you made that we tend to want to blame somebody, somebody. And if there's any, any possible, possible clue or hint of a reason that we can latch onto we're we're likely to do that. I mean, we often will blame ourselves, but if there's an opportunity to say, to blame somebody else, got a role in this, we're probably going to do it. And we probably need to acknowledge that and talk with that person, particularly if they're very close to us and dear to us. We don't want this to be something that becomes unmentionable, that sort of stands between us. Mm. And that's what this couple was really able to do, is to talk it through. Well, thank-
1: and- Thank goodness they could and and you because know, sometimes it's hard to have those conversations, right? Very because hard. so I'm many right. emotions around well, even right. our story last week, I think, was with um um, the the dog was left with a friend. Yeah, I think right. one of the stories, right? Yeah, and right. when something was, the dog had been sick. There was something going on with the dog. And when she she flew back from to where she was, and this good friend, I mean, the right, dog right. was in horrible shape, yeah, right, right? right? And right. and, and hand so hand. you know that would be a, a you know co- a conversation with that person, right? Because I'm sure that she she was really, she was really upset. Um, but um, these, it's important to step back and to, a lot. I mean, the grief is, is horrific because it's a sudden death and a tragic death. And then to try to connect to those around you because nobody was, was what, nobody was, you know, um, you know, malicious with this. It, they just, you, they just happened, right? These
0: things. No, I, I've been having some difficult, technical difficulties. No, I see that. I wanted to show this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> That's fine. But, but let's, let's take a look at this. Here, here's a, a comment. I'm angry at myself for letting a vet say my dog's euthanasia, say my dog's euthanasia. At that moment, and Right. I, why do they bully a pet owner in this situation the dog is old with health issues? My dog's health was failing, but he was not dying that night. I could have brought her home and scheduled a more peaceful appointment the next day. I'm angry at myself and broke my promise to my sweet baby and to myself. I wanted to be it to be a peaceful transition. And it was rushed, it was not, rush what she deserved. not what
1: she deserved. You know, this happened. I've heard, we've heard this story multiple. Thank you. I think I think it was Angela. Yeah. Thank you and for more, sharing Angela. I know more, that that was hard. Um, But we hear that a lot because there's a, such this pressure and stress, and you're already so upset and so anxious and so frightened, you know, and a lot of vets, you know, they, they will make the older vets, not so much, I don't think the younger vets, but the older vets will say, well, it's time, you know, you really need to do this. And, um, and I can understand her agony around that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, if to do it again, I know that she would try to do something different.
0: It, it, it's, it's, it's such a tricky balance because, Sometimes I feel like the vets, you know, obviously they know more than most of us. They've seen, they've seen death over and over and over again. And I feel like sometimes what they're saying to us is your dog is in the throes of dying. Right. And I think it would be a, a kindness to them at this moment and their suffering. That's I've had that experience a few times actually. And it's, but but the thing is, it's all in how they do it. It's
1: all on on it's yes on how, how we they how they present it, what they say, and I and I do think that and uh, and I know Angela again. This is hard, and I'm sorry that you're struggling with that and feeling guilty about that. And, she,
0: um, and just to add, she says it's been nine days and can't move beyond. Of course,
1: it's going to be a period but,
0: of time. Yeah, nine days is unfortunately uh, is not. Just so new, All that
1: long, just so given new the it just happened. Um, and so you know, it's it's helping you move through. You know, we talk about guilt a lot, and I think she's angry at herself and feeling guilty. And the and the the unfortunate part about guilt that it, it, it takes a while. It's the last emotion that really can be worked through, right? Because it, you're you're blaming yourself for doing something that you feel now that you should not have done. And so, um, so we, so, have... so,
0: it's so tricky because, you know, you don't, you don't want your dog to suffer. No, you want him To have a peaceful death,
1: right?
0: But
1: you, but you don't want to be pushed into it. Like, no, you don't that. want to be
0: pushed into right. it. But if there's a, somebody who's an expert who's telling you, and it's just, it's such a, it is such a fraught yes. moment that you're in. And I a hundred percent agree. Like it would it would it would be better to not have that kind of pressure. Right. And and, and you know, my, my vet has said to me, if it were my dog, here's yeah. what I would do. This because is what I, I would do. Them. Right. And uh, but that's and very different time. than being than feeling bullied. And so there, it's very yeah. unfortunate.
1: There are some times vets will say do you want another evening? Or, you know, we, yep. we believe yeah. this needs to happen. Yeah. It was unfortunate that this veterinarian was not like that.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So we 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 feel for you, Angela. I'm sorry. We feel
0: said. for you. And also, I think the thing is that it's so important to be kind to yourself and realize mm-hmm. that you are in a very pressured situation. Yeah. You did the best you could in that moment. We, we often know. are in an extremely difficult circumstance when our pet is at that time in their lives when they're at the mm-hmm. very end or very close to their end and 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 we do the best we can. Yeah, we. Do. that's so, all we can do. And so it's so important for you to be forgiving toward yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to to try to just be kind and gentle. Yeah, it's kind of the, this right.
1: Well. Try to take care of yourself the best way you can. I know that's just so hard right now. You know, but that's, un, that's very understandable. A lot of people feel that pressure and then they, they suffer with that for a period of time because they believe they did it too soon or they needed time. And, they, and you're so emotional at that moment. This is your baby. This is the, this is the yep. child. This is who you've loved and, and taken care of and don't want to see go away. You know?
0: We also have seen the other side of that, which is a person who says, I waited too long.
1: Yes, exactly. And we've seen the other side, mm-hmm. and they suffered too
0: much. They right. suffered too much. We waited too long, and yeah, you know, euthanasia is a is a wonderful. That's a tricky thing. It's a very tricky, but it's it very often leaves a lot of loose ends. A yeah, lot and of, a lot of guilt. A lot of guilt, a lot mm-hmm. of misgivings, and a lot of regrets, and you know, we just we live with it. And and Angela, it's gonna it's going to get better. You're gonna mm-hmm. feel better in the coming days and weeks. Yes. But
1: thank you for sharing that. I know that that was a hard thing to
0: do. Okay. So I guess we'll wrap up here, Nancy, Mm -hmm. always a pleasure talking Mm -hmm. with you and, and we'll thank Susan again for, for sharing. Yes. That was also
1: a hard one to to share.
0: Yep. Yep. Have a good night.
1: Take care, everyone.